What's happening, everybody? Justin, Bridgewater's Finest on YouTube, Blockbuster underscore guy on Twitter, and welcome to week 10 of my weekly NFL pick show for the 2016-2017 NFL season. Week 9, we had a really solid week straight up and against the spread. We did quite well picking the games. Over-under, eh, not so much. But then again, I've always struggled at over-under. Straight up, we had a good week. 8-5 and five straight up. We'll never argue with those numbers. 8-5 and five straight up were 83-48 with two ties on the season. That's an excellent record. I believe it's my best straight up record through nine weeks in the five years that I've been doing this. So straight up, we've been strong all all season, maybe only had one or maybe two weeks where we were under 500, and it was all good in week nine. So again, 83, 48, and two straight up on the season. And against the spread, another really strong week, eight, four, and one against the spread. Excellent numbers in a 13-game week. We'll definitely take those. 70 up, 59 down with four pushes on the season. We got our fourth ATS push last week. I believe it was the Carolina game. It finished by exactly three points. Over under, eh, again, we didn't do too well. Uh, four and nine over under in week nine. There's no sugarcoating that. It's not a good week. And I've gone under 500, I believe, three of the last four weeks over under. But again, I've traditionally struggled with over under, and it's a bit of a coin flip anyway. So again, I'm not surprised by that. We just need to get better and we need to push forward. Still 70, 62, and one over under on the season. So the strong start is still helping us be propelled over 500. But those numbers across the board, they're really good. I'm really pleased with them. We're going to keep moving forward here in week 10. Taking a look at the platinum, gold, silver, and bronze picks from week nine. We'll start with the bronze pick where I told you to take New Orleans to beat San Francisco. That worked out in a big bad way. 41 to 23, New Orleans nearly doubling up San Francisco. There's the straight up win. Against the spread, I told you to go New Orleans minus three. I don't know why this total, there's number on this line, sorry, was only minus three, but that was a gift from Vegas. Thank you very much. New Orleans minus three. It wasn't against the spread win. Over under, we missed that one. I told you to stay under 51 points because I thought San Francisco, we didn't really know what we were going to get from them, but we got 23 points out of them. So it sailed over to 64 points, over 51, so that was an over-under loss. Silver pick it was the one pick that I lost this week out of the platinum, gold, silver, and bronze. I told you to take Green Bay to beat Indianapolis. They almost came back on them, but it didn't quite work out. Green Bay loses to Indy. 31 to 26. It was an against the spread loss because I told you to take Green Bay minus seven. And it was an over under loss because I told you to stay under 54 points on it. They score 57. So that does not work out. But where we completely whiffed on the silver pick, we swept the gold pick. Gold pick, the very first game of the week, the Thursday nighter, Atlanta beats Tampa Bay 43-28. to I told you not to trust the Tampa Bay defense, guys. Atlanta beats Tampa Bay pretty handily, 15 points. It was an against-the-spread win because Atlanta was only favored by 3.5 points. Another bafflingly low line, so Atlanta wins that one. Thank you very much, Las Vegas. And we won it over-under. We told you to go over 51.5 points. It goes to 71. I told you it might be a 70-point game, and it does happen that way. So we swept the gold pick. Gotta love it. And the platinum pick, I told you to take Dallas to beat Cleveland. No shock there. They do that 35-10. to 10. It was an against the spread win because I told you to go Dallas minus 7. They win the game by 25 points. Over under, however, it was a loss because I told you to go over 47 points. They only get to 45. So very close. Another field goal would have had it, but didn't work out that way. So... On the platinum, gold, silver, and bronze last week, we were three and one straight up. We were three and one against the spread. We were only one and three over under. Pretty darn indicative of our numbers for the rest of the week. Let's take a look now at the results from the straight up and against the spread pools. Bridgewater's finest pick'em pools for season five of the show. We'll start in the straight up pool where I maintain my first place overall placing, and actually my advantage grew by a couple of points 
by the end of the week. Still in first place out of 28 managers, 706 out of 1,055 possible confidence points across the 132 games so far this season. That's a clip of 67%. And in week nine, I brought in 67 out of 91 possible confidence points. That's a clip of 74%. Anytime you hit 70%, you're doing pretty well. Shout out to our week nine winner. And I got to take an extra second here with this one. Not only because it's the second straight week that Jay Cutler for MVP, Chicago underscore span on Twitter, not just because it's the second straight week that he has won, but this guy is on a, let's see, let's do the quick math here, 22-3-1 white hot straight up streak. In week nine, he went 12-1. and and as impressive as a 12-1 week is, he had 90 out of 91 possible confidence points. So the one game that he picked wrong, the San Francisco game, he only had one confidence point on it. So he got 90 out of 91 possible confidence points. That's a clip of 99%, which is unheard of in this league. We have never had anybody, I don't think go over 97. I believe I had a 97% week myself back in, I think it was 2013, maybe, but we've never had anybody go above that. 99% clip on the confidence points. Unbelievable for Jay Cutler for MVP. Again, Chicago underscore span on Twitter. And again, I remain the overall leader, 83, 48, and 2, 706 out of 1,055, 67%. So, shout out to Jay Cutler for MVP, Chicago underscore span on Twitter for winning week nine and just dominating week nine, and to myself, I guess, for remaining the overall leader. Moving now to the against the spread private pick'em pool, and I'm continuing to move up the rankings. We were sixth a couple of weeks ago. Now we're up into a tie for third place. 70 correct against the spread picks out of the 132 games so far this season. That's a clip of 53%. And in week nine, again, I brought in eight of the 13 games correctly. That's a clip of 62%. We like 60% all day long shout out to our week nine winner rel eagles fly tj Harmon, a fellow nfl youtube prognosticator who is very hot in his own right against the spread over the last couple of weeks this is tj Harmon's, i believe third win or co-win in the last four weeks so he's really hot against the spread as well make sure you check out his channel i believe it's in the the description sorry i was gonna say comments in the description of the youtube video he went 9 for 13 against the spread in week 9. That's a clip of 69%, and that is excellent. Congratulations, TJ. Shout out to our co-overall leaders, Brady's back, Holly Gordon, as well as Half Moon's pick, Stephen Coleman, a fellow NFL YouTube prognosticator. It is now a tie for the lead between those two. 74 correct against the spread picks out of the 132 games so far this season. That's a clip of 56%. So you can see how close this league is. The top three are only separated by four games. Now that can be a lot to catch up on, but one good week, one bad week either way. And it's all tied up once again. So shout out to Rel Eagles Fly TJ Harmon for winning week nine. And to Brady's back Holly Gordon and Half Moon's pick Stephen Coleman for being our co-overall against the spread leaders. Let's take a peek over into Fantasy Corner and see how my eight fantasy football teams did in week nine. Had a very strong week across my public leagues and my private leagues. I went six and two across my eight teams. We always like results like that. In the NFL YouTube Prognosticators Fantasy Football League, I eked out the Monday Night Miracle against Team Chimichangas. I beat them by less than half of one point. Basically, based on our scoring system, I beat them by one or two rushing attempts. Like, that's how close this matchup was. Thank you, LaShawn McCoy, and thank you to Buffalo's defense, the little bit that you did, the blocked kick. Uh, a couple of sacks here and there. It was just enough to get me the win over Chimichangas. I underperformed. He overperformed. But I still managed to squeak out the closest win for me on the season. That has my team there at 4-5. and five. I'm basically in must-win scenarios now. I, all, I basically have to win out 
to have any chance of getting a, even like a tiebreaker situation for a playoff spot. It begins this week, week 10. I got Hatbox again. It's a projected win. I believe Hatbox and I played uh, in week one, I believe it was. So, hello, Hatbox. We're going to do it again. And uh, it's going to be fun and uh, get ready to lose. It's a projected win for me right now, but we all know what the projections mean. Shout out to Team Chimichangas. Thank you for the Week 9 matchup. Again, the most exciting, the closest, the most nail-biting matchup I've had all season. And shout out to Hatbox. We're going to do it one more time in Week 10. Good luck to you, but not too much. That's how Fantasy Corner looks. And I'll take this opportunity to remind you, of course, that if you're watching the YouTube version of the show, listening on YouTube, you can go down to the description of the video. You're going to find all of my results from week nine. You're going to find all of my against the spread straight up and over under plays for week 10. You're going to find information on joining the Bridgewater's Finest Pick'em Pools for season five of the show, both straight up and against the spread. It is not too late. We've had two people join the Against the Spread pool in the last uh, week or so. So it's definitely not too late. Get joined up. Get yourself a shout out. You're going to find the information on joining the NFL YouTube Prognosticators Facebook page. It's an excellent community. And you're going to find links to other high quality NFL YouTube Prognosticators who get out there and do this every single week. If you're listening on SoundCloud or on iTunes, don't worry, I see you, I know you're there. If you're listening on either of those platforms, search NFL YouTube Prognosticators on Facebook. It's a growing community, it grows every week, basically grows every day. And we talk football all week, there's always game threads, all kinds of stuff to talk about. All your favorite prognosticators are there, so make sure that you join the Facebook page, get in on the fun. This week, more so than any other week, I feel like I'm going with my gut more so than I have in weeks past. My initial leans on these games are basically where I've stayed with them, but enough of that. Let's get into talking about these picks. We're going to try to get through them quickly this week because, again, today it's election day in the U.S. Everybody wants to be paying attention to that, so we're going to try to get you out of here a little bit quicker. So let's get into the week 10 picks. We're going to start in Tennessee where the Titans are going to be playing host to the Green Bay Packers who are now down to four and four and that would be a real problem if Minnesota wasn't working as hard as they possibly could to give away the NFC North. Packers on a two-game losing streak. We take a look at the Titans. The Titans lost last week after winning the week before. Despite having lost two straight, the Green Bay Packers are starting to look like the Packers of old, like they're starting to kind of revert back to the Packers of the last couple of years, where it's Aaron Rodgers playing great at quarterback, the defense struggling a little bit, struggling to keep them in games, but again, just trying to ride the back of their star franchise quarterback to victories. It hasn't worked the last two weeks, but Green Bay's offense definitely looking a lot better than it has in weeks past. The run game is still a problem. It feels like the Packers are still not willing to trust Ty Montgomery as much as they should. I mean, kid's a playmaker. Guy can play some football, and he's so versatile. You can deploy him from basically anywhere. To me, there's no excuse. There's no reason why Ty Montgomery shouldn't be getting about 25 all-purpose touches a game. Green Bay has struggled to get him there. I think they try to get him back on track in this one because Tennessee, that defense can be deceptive and they can play very well. Both of these teams are under 500 situationally. Tennessee only 2 and 3 at home, Green Bay only 1 and 2 on the road, so neither one of them making any kind of statement based on the situation. The Packers, the defense and the offense, they're pretty well balanced in terms of what they produce at home versus what they produce on the road. For Tennessee, offense, again, takes a little bit of a down tick, but really not too much. Honestly, this is a very balanced matchup, but my gut says it's going to go to Green Bay. The reason that I say that is Green Bay has to be hungry. Like, they have to, and again, Aaron Rodgers called out the rest of his team after the game last week about lack of motivation and it's the exact correct thing that he should have done because you see it you see it on Jordy Nelson's face pretty well every time the camera zooms in on him he almost looks like he's bored and you can't be bored in a division that now the team that's leading it has come back to you this is a very tight division now where it was looking like Minnesota was going to run away with it 
No disrespect there intended to Tennessee. Tennessee is right in the thick of the AFC South as well because of, again, how inconsistent Houston and Indianapolis have played. So Tennessee's nowhere near out of it in their division either. But I think Green Bay has to be the hungrier team here. I'm going to go with Green Bay. Even though they're on the road, I like the Packers to beat Tennessee in Tennessee. On the line, Green Bay favored by two and a half points on the road. It's less than a field goal. It's not too many. I say take that. Green Bay minus two and a half. Total in this game is 49 points. I'm going to tell you to go over because, again, Marcus Mariota has played incredibly well lately. Now, he had a couple, I believe he had a couple of interceptions last week, so he maybe came back down to earth a little bit. But before that, again, something like a 10 to 1 or 10 to 3 or something, touchdown to interception ratio. He's playing very well. They're going to score their points. I think Green Bay is going to score their points. I just think they're going to score more. So 49 points, it's a big number. It's uh, not the biggest number we're going to look at, but it's close to it. I still think it's going to go over. So, Green Bay beats Tennessee in Tennessee. I like Green Bay minus 2.5 on the line, over 49 points. Let's go to New Orleans now. Saints and Broncos, and will the real Denver Broncos please stand up? Another loss last week, another game where the offense was frustratingly inconsistent. Devontae Booker can't seem to get it going. Everybody kind of thought, oh geez, here we go. It's Devontae Booker's time. It's his time. It's his time. Really can't get it going on a consistent enough basis. And Trevor Simeon is starting to look like he's regressing from earlier in the season. Does that mean it's Paxton Lynch time? I think I may have said it earlier this season, but there's very few better recipes for an offense to get back on track than playing the New Orleans Saints. That said, Saints have won two straight games. They're four and one in their last five. Saints are no pushovers. We're still talking about the number two scoring offense in football right now in New Orleans at just over 30 points per game. Problem being, they're also giving up 30. Not to mention they're the only team in football right now, yes, even Tampa Bay, even Cleveland, even San Francisco, they're the only team in football right now that's giving up exactly 300 yards per game through the air, and they're also giving up a buck nine on the ground, so you can definitely put up yardage on this New Orleans team. Believe it or not, Saints defense gets even worse when they're playing at home. They are 2-2. Two two. Three of their four home games have gone over due in no small part to them giving up an average of 34.5 points against in their home games this year. My gut tells me Denver's a better team. Denver's going to win the football game. I have to keep going with it because, again, if that defense gets a little bit healthier, I think Denver wins this game. Now, they're going to be without, I believe, Derek Wolf. I think hairline fracture in his elbow. He's probably going to miss about a month. But if they can get a little bit healthier on defense, I like their defense's big playability, their takeaway ability. New Orleans has struggled to find a run game. Mark Ingram just not looking like he should be looking, and many people expected him to look coming into the season. I like Denver in this one. I know there are a number of people, Holly Gordon included, who are going with New Orleans in this game, and I can't fault you for that, but I like Denver. On the line, New Orleans favored by a point and a half at home. Obviously, I like Denver to win the game. I'm going to tell you to take the underdog side of that, Denver plus a point and a half. Total in this game is 48 and a half points. I have to stay under on it because I don't know what we're going to get from Denver's offense. I know what we're going to get from Denver's defense, and what we're going to get is probably something pretty good. And New Orleans can play defense, so this, they just haven't really shown it at home. But 48.5 points, I'm going to stay under on it. I think this stays relatively low scoring if Denver shows up to play some defense. So, we like Denver straight up. I like Denver plus a point and a half on the line, under 48.5 points. Let's head to New York now. Jets and Rams, Los Angeles crossing the country to play the Jets, who may or may not be without Ryan Fitzpatrick this week. And I think that's going to be the determinant in the game. Look, neither one of these teams have much of anything to write home about, certainly not on the offensive side of the ball. Jets are 3-6. and six. They lost last week. They're 2-3 and three in their last five. They have not won a non-conference game so far this year. They're 0-2 against the NFC. Now look, the Rams, they're 0-1 against the AFC, but it's only in one game. The Rams have lost four straight games. They're 1-4 in their last five. Neither one of these teams can score points. The Rams, however, are stout on defense. 
Look, I 100% fully believe that Jared Goff will start week 10 for the Rams. Jeff Fisher is insane, but he shouldn't be that insane. He's got to figure out Case Keenum ain't getting it done. You can't bench Todd Gurley because your fan base is going to riot. So you have to go to Jared Goff. If you don't play Jared Goff in this game, you might as well bench him for the season. What's the point? Clearly Case Keenum is your guy. But Case Keenum has got your team off to a 3-5 and five start and they're not scoring any points. So I believe Jared Goff starts this game. I would be shocked if Ryan Fitzpatrick played. If he does play, severely limited. And I mean, that's just basic biology. You can't sprain an MCL and play a football game a week later and not be limited. So if he's in there, incredibly limited. If he's not in there, they're going to be going to a rookie making his first ever NFL start. Now it's at home, so that's going to be a little bit better for him, but it's still your first career start. And it's a very good defense you're playing. I think LA is going to be able to pin their ears back, put eight in the box, stop the run game, get pressure on whoever's playing quarterback for the Jets. I like the Rams in this one. On the line, the Jets are favored by two points at home. Obviously, I like Los Angeles to win. I'm going to tell you to go LA plus two. The total in this game is 40 points. I'm going to go over basically because I think Los Angeles is going to get to possess the ball a whole big bunch. I think it's going to be a lot of opportunity. That Jets secondary, it's not good. So I like the potential for Los Angeles to actually put up points this week. 40 points is not too many for me. I like over 40. So LA beats the Jets. LA plus two on the line, over 40 points. In case you couldn't tell already, I actually think this week is going to be like upset central. At least based on the way the lines are right now. Let's go to Tampa Bay now. Bucks and Bears. And uh, if you ever had a game... That, again, I'll use the line because I love using it. If you ever had a game canceled due to lack of interest, this might be one of them. Except for Chicago underscore span on Twitter. Bucks, we've talked about it all season. Horrible at home. 0-4, giving up bucket loads of points. Chicago, 0-4 on the road. So, I mean, neither one of these teams have won in this situation. That obviously ends this week. Chicago 2-3 against the NFC so far this season. 2-3 in their last five. Actually, both of these teams are 2-3 in their last five. But hey, the Bears won last week. Chicago hasn't been able to score points all damn season. And Tampa Bay, after starting off the season pretty well offensively, have been struggling lately, now only averaging 22.5 points per game. The one thing Chicago has been able to do so far this season, they've actually been able to defend the pass pretty well. That secondary has played fairly well this year. They're only giving up 238 yards on average per game through the air. That has them inside the top 12 in the league. Nothing to sneeze at. Both of these teams have defenses that play worse in the situation that we're in right now. Chicago giving up about an added five points per game on average on the road. Tampa Bay giving up about an average of five extra points per game at home. Man, that Bucks franchise has just given their fans absolutely nothing to cheer about at home this year. Quite frankly, no matter the competition, I need to see Tampa Bay win a game at home before I can pick them to win a game. I'm going with the Bears. If Chicago can force a couple of turnovers off of Jameis Winston, I love their chances in this game. I'm going to go with the Bears in the upset. On the line, Tampa Bay favored by two points at home. Obviously, I'm going to say take Chicago plus two against the spread. Total in this game is 45. I think you could make the total 85, and I'm probably going to go over on it. Over 45 points in this one. I like Chicago plus two and the Chicago Bears to win the game straight up. Let's go to Washington now where the Redskins are going to play host to the suddenly, inexplicably hapless Minnesota Vikings. Man, that season started off with so much promise. And look, that defense is still all world. Like, that's still a great defense there in Minnesota. Nothing has changed there. They get a little bit healthier. They're right there again. They're still that elite, elite defense. The offense has completely disappeared. And you can talk all you want about, oh, well, Adrian Peterson's hurt, and then Jarek McKinnon got hurt, and then they can't protect the quarterback. In the last three weeks, Sam Bradford has been sacked more times than Debbie in Debbie Does Dallas. The Redskins, meanwhile, right in the thick of things for a wild card spot. They're only about a game behind, maybe a game and a half. They're right there with Detroit for that last wild card spot. Washington, they definitely have a lot to play for. If Minnesota's going to get the run game figured out, 
this is a pretty good team to try to get it figured out against. They're giving up a buck 24 per game on the ground. Like, look, it's not as bad as like San Francisco, who's giving up an average of 193 yards per game. Are you kidding me? Sorry about that. I just had a little minor heart attack. But Washington, they're giving up a lot of run yards per game. So this is a good team to play against in order to try and get your run game going again. I think I said it about Minnesota last week or the week before, and I'm going to say it again. I get it. Like, that offensive line is banged up, and they're not playing very well right now. But you have to run the football. That is, again, that is how you build a strong offensive line. You run the football, and your offensive line hardens, and they get stronger, and they get more seasoned. They get tougher. That's how you build an offensive line and build a run game. You've been doing it for years Gotta get back to it. Washington by no means a powerhouse at home. The offense gets a little bit better, but the defense does get measurably worse in terms of playing at home. I gotta go Minnesota in this one. I think they're the better overall team. I think they've got a good chance to win this game, but they gotta run the football. I actually flip-flopped on this game originally. I had Washington winning it, but I'm gonna go Minnesota. It's again, it's a gut feeling. We're going a lot on gut this week. But I like Minnesota as the better team. I think they got to get it figured out. They're a better football team than what they've shown in the last three weeks. If they get some protection for Sam Bradford, they should be all right. So I'm going to take the Vikings to beat the Redskins in Washington. On the line, Washington favored by three points at home. Obviously, I like Minnesota to win. So I'm going to tell you to go Minnesota plus three. Even if they lose, I figure it's going to be a field goal last second kind of thing. So Minnesota plus three. I feel like is a confident pick. Uh, the total in this game is 42 and a half points. I'm going to tell you to go over on it. I mean, look, Washington can score their points and I'm sure they're going to. And Minnesota, they got to get it figured out. I think they do get it figured out this week under their new offensive coordinator. So I like Minnesota to beat Washington straight up. I like Minnesota plus three on the line over 42 and a half points. Let's go to Carolina now where all of a sudden, don't look now, but the Panthers might have it figured out a little bit. Two straight wins for Carolina, and aside from Cam Newton getting absolutely obliterated at least once or twice a game, everything's looking pretty good for them the last couple of games. They're doing exactly what a 1-5 football team has to do if they have any hope of doing anything in a season. They're playing with fire, and they're playing as if their season depends on it because it does. Look, starting off a season 1-5 and five means you can finish 11-5. and five. And that's got to be the mentality for Carolina. One game at a time, keep getting the Ws. You can still make the playoffs with five losses. It's really tough, but you can still do it. Matter of fact, didn't like three five-loss teams early in the season, last season, come back and make the playoffs or something like that? It's totally possible. Kansas City has a bevy of injuries that they're dealing with. They're still likely to be without Spencer Ware. He's still in the concussion protocol. As far as we know, has not advanced very far in the protocol. So they're likely going to be without Spencer Ware. They're probably going to get Alex Smith back, which is good because Nick Foles was terribly inconsistent last, uh, last time out. So, but again, being without Spencer Ware, they're still going to be without Jamal Charles, I believe. Well, I think Jamal Charles might be done for the year. So they're going to be going back to Charkandrick West. He was fine. He was all right. He was fine. He wasn't spectacular, but he was fine. But I don't think fine is going to win this game. Carolina's defense does take a bit of an uptick when they play at home. They're only giving up 21.5 points on average per game. Whereas Kansas City, their offense gets worse. Their defense gets worse. This is not a good situation here for Kansas City in a dogfight in their division. I got to go Carolina here. Situationally, it makes sense to me. I like Carolina to get their third straight win on the comeback trail and beat Kansas City. On the line, Carolina favored by three points at home. I'm going to say take that. It's only a field goal. I like Carolina minus three. Total in this game is 44 points. Don't really know what you're going to get out of that Kansas City offense with no Spencer Ware, no Jamal Charles, probably a limited Alex Smith. We can probably say that. I'm going to stay under on it. I'm going to tell you to go under 44 points because Kansas City can definitely play some defense. So I like Carolina straight up. I like Carolina minus three on the line under 44 points. Let's go to Jacksonville now where the Jags are going to face the Houston Texans. Now, obviously, biggest X factor in this game, Lamar Miller. He's the biggest playmaker on either side, including TJ Yeldon. He's got to be the X factor here for Houston. But my God... Houston has played horribly on the road this year. They're the 
Tampa Bay Bucks at home of road teams. I'm so shocked I haven't had a Bucks fan just show up in one of my videos and just tear me a new asshole for just leaning on the Bucks as much as I have. Typically in any other situation, I would tell you Houston's probably going to win this game as the better team. Here's why I think Houston loses. Look, we all know how terrible that pass offense has looked at certain times this season. Brock Osweiler at times looks absolutely lost. And it's worth noting, Jacksonville is a top five secondary so far this season. In their three road losses, the Houston Texans have scored, get ready for this, 22 points. That's not per game. That's total. 7.3 points per game on average on the road for the Houston Texans. I like Jacksonville. I'll also toss it out there. Houston has given up an average of four touchdowns per game on the road as well. I like Jacksonville. It's an upset, but I'll take the Jags at home to beat the Houston Texans. It's Again, it's like Tampa Bay. I got to see Houston win on the road before I can think about picking them. So Jacksonville wins the game straight up. On the line, Jacksonville, they're a point and a half dog at home. I'm going to tell you to take that because I like them to win the game outright. Jacksonville plus a point and a half. Total in this game is 42.5 points. I'm going to tell you to stay under because Houston can play some defense. They haven't been good on the road, but they can play some defense. Jacksonville, that secondary is really good. I think they pick off Osweiler at least twice. So I'm going to tell you to stay under on this one, 42.5. It's a low number, but stay under on it. I like Jacksonville to beat Houston. Jacksonville plus a point and a half, under 42.5 points. Let's go to Pittsburgh now. Steelers and Cowboys. This is probably going to be the game of the week. You, I mean, Ben Roethlisberger, obviously. Dak Prescott, obviously. Le'Veon Bell, obviously. Ezekiel Elliott, obviously. Antonio Brown, obviously. Des Bryant, obviously. Do you want me to keep going? Dallas Cowboys, hottest team in football right now. Seven consecutive victories. Obviously, 5-0 in their last five games. Uh, no. Dallas Cowboys, the unquestioned hottest team in football right now. Seven straight wins. They're the best offense in that division. They're the best defense in that division. They're one of the best defenses in the NFC. We haven't talked enough about the Cowboys on the defensive side of the football. The Cowboys are a complete football team. Super Bowl contender. There you go. The Steelers, on the other hand, they're a better football team than their three straight losses would tell you. Obviously, you got a limited Ben Roethlisberger back there, but they are a much better football team than a two and three in their last five and three straight losses would have you believe. This was a team that was four and one. And this is why this makes for such an interesting game. You look at Dallas, they're four and oh on the road. They haven't lost on the road yet this year. Pittsburgh's three and one at home, only one home loss. Against the spread, Dallas four and oh on the road. Pittsburgh 3 and 1 at home. 6 of their 8 combined home and road games have stayed under tight games. The offenses, they both get better. Pittsburgh at home, Dallas on the road. Defenses, they both get better. Pittsburgh at home, Dallas on the road. This is going to be the game of the week without question. Quite frankly, just going with my gut, there's something special in this Dallas football team. I got to take the Cowboys on the road where they are undefeated to beat Pittsburgh. I'm actually a little surprised that Pittsburgh is the favorite in this one. I would have expected this game to kind of be a pick'em. I understand Pittsburgh's at home, but I thought it would be closer to a pick'em. But I like Dallas plus two and a half. Pittsburgh favored by two and a half at home. I like Dallas to win. Dallas plus two and a half. Total in this game is 49 and a half points. I'm going to tell you to stay under on it. I think the defenses are going to show up in this football game interceptions probably on both sides i think this is going to be a defensive battle the better offense that day is the offense that's going to win the football game i just like it to be dallas so dallas beats pittsburgh in pittsburgh dallas plus two and a half on the line under 49 and a half points let's head to new england now patriots back in action they're going to welcome the seattle seahawks into Gillette Stadium. Seattle, they got the job done on Monday Night Football last night over Buffalo, although Buffalo made it awfully interesting at a certain point in that game. Seattle's defense, again, protect every blade of grass, fight for every blade of grass. They did exactly that at the end of that football game. They came away with the win. The defense didn't look great. I'll be perfectly honest. Seattle's defense didn't look great. They gave up a lot of points to 
you know, Tyrod Taylor, who has not been a good passing quarterback this year, and a somewhat limited LaShawn McCoy, who still had a good game and did just enough to win my fantasy matchup. Hashtag Monday Night Miracle. The Pats have won four in a row since Tom Brady came back, and all Tom Brady has done in those four games is throw for 1,300 yards and 12 touchdowns. Tom's even running the football a little bit, which is an interesting and a weird thing to see for a guy who's only averaged 1.8 yards per carry on his career. He's averaging 4.4 this season, 10 carries in four games. And a boy, Tom. I didn't see anything in that Seattle game last night that would indicate to me that they have a chance of beating New England in New England. Seattle's only 1-2-1 and one on the road this season. Now look, luckily for Seattle, Russell Wilson looks like he's okay. He looks like he's back in there, looks like he's playing well. And he actually looked a little bit more mobile last night. So that is definitely a help for them. But again, it's New England in Gillette Stadium. And Seattle's offense does take a notable downtick when they leave their home stadium. They're only averaging 14 points per game on the road so far this season. Look, New England's goes down a little bit too. It goes from 27 to 23. So that's no slouch. It's four points. It's worth taking into consideration, but I really like New England here. So I'm going to tell you to take the Patriots straight up to beat a good Seattle Seahawks football team. On the line, New England's favored by seven and a half points. I know it's New England and I know it's at home, but that's the Seattle Seahawks. That's too many. Seattle plus seven and a half points. That line I would consider an insult if I were Seahawks fans. Look, they got a puncher's chance to win the football game. I don't think they will, but they got a puncher's chance and that defense is good. So seven and a half points, it's just way too many. Total in this game, 48 and a half points. That's also too many. The Patriots defense in terms of points allowed, is a very good defense. They're better at home. Seattle's just got a good defense all around. They're still a good defense on the road. I have no idea where they're getting that total from. 48 and a half points. Stay way under on that one. So New England beats Seattle straight up. I like Seattle plus seven and a half on the line, under 48 and a half points. And the last game we're going to look at before we get into the platinum, gold, silver, and bronze is the New York Giants playing host to the Cincinnati Bengals. This is a Monday night football matchup of two teams kind of going in opposite directions. I mean, the Giants, they're 5-3. and three. They're still competitive for the NFC East, although it doesn't look like anybody's going to catch the Cowboys. You got the Bengals. They're 3-4-1. and one. They're under 500. Both of these teams are getting scored on more than they are scoring themselves. But I got to lean with the Giants on a three-game win streak and playing at home. Bengals, of course, had that tie last time out. I don't know non-conference Cincinnati hasn't beaten an NFC team yet this season I don't think it starts this week I like the Giants at home with comparable offenses I have to go with the team that's playing the better statistical defense that is the Giants Bengals a measurably worse team on the road than they are at home they're one and three straight up on the road they're only one and three against the spread the offense puts up three fewer points per game the defense gives up four more points per game the Giants they get a little better on offense the defense stays right around the same 21 to 22 points I think it's the Giants all day I like New York at home to beat Cincinnati. Take a look at the line. Giants are only favored by two and a half points. Less than a field goal. Take that. New York Giants minus two and a half. Total in this game is 47 points. I'm going to tell you to stay under on it because, again, Cincinnati's offense, which is really is their bread and butter, gets a little worse on the road. So I like it to stay under that. So Giants win straight up. Giants minus two and a half under 47 points. All right, folks, platinum, gold, silver, and bronze picks for week 10 in the NFL. Let's get into it. Going to start at the bottom, of course, as always, with the bronze pick, where I am 5-4 and four straight up, 4-4-1 four, four, and one against the spread, and 5-4 and four over under. My bronze pick sees the Atlanta Falcons travel to Philadelphia to take on the Eagles. Over the years, I've had several people tell me that I, quote, only pick the easy games for my platinum, gold, silver, and bronze pick. Well, stuff this in your pipe and stick it where the sun don't shine. I'm taking a pick'em. And I'm taking the road team in the pick'em. I like Atlanta to beat Philadelphia in this game, and it is 100% based on the matchup and based on, just again, it's just based on the situation. Atlanta's won two straight games. Philly's lost two straight games. Atlanta's 4-2 and two against the NFC. Philadelphia's 2-4 and four against the NFC. Philadelphia might be 3-0 at home, but Atlanta's 4-1 on the road. 
I'm sure a lot of Falcons fans would argue that one of the biggest cruxes for Atlanta over the years has been their inability to play away from their own stadium. Take an Atlanta Falcons football team who is 4-1 on the road, that's dangerous. Atlanta's defense plays a little bit better statistically on the road than they have at home. They're averaging giving up 29 points per game on the season, but only 26 points per game on the road, so it does get a little bit better. Philadelphia's defense, now look, their defense has been off the charts amazing at home. They're only giving up 8 points per game, so it has been incredible the way Philly's defense has played at home. But the defense is not playing great lately. In their last two back-to-back division games, they've scored 23 points. That's great. And both of these games have been on the road. So you have to take that into consideration. But they've given up 29 and 28. They only gave up 10 points to Minnesota, but Minnesota's not scoring any points right now. Carson Wentz appears to have regressed. He's starting to make more rookie mistakes. He's starting to play more like a rookie. The run game, which had been really the sa- sort of the saving grace for Philadelphia's offense, kind of let them down last week. A couple of short yardage situations where the running backs could not convert on them, including Darren Sproles with a chance at a touchdown, could not convert. So I don't like Philadelphia in this matchup against a high-powered Falcons offense. I like Atlanta. So I'm going to take Atlanta to win the game straight up. Obviously, where the game is a pick on the line, I'm going to tell you to take Atlanta as a pick That line has been moving more towards Atlanta's side, so they may be a minus one or a minus one and a half or something by game time. I'm still very comfortable with that, obviously, if I like Atlanta to win. Total in this game is 50 and a half points. I'm going to tell you to go over on it. I mean, look, Atlanta's not a great defense. Philadelphia's defense has been great at home, but has not been great lately. They've been giving up points. I think this thing can go over. So, Atlanta beats Philadelphia straight up. Atlanta in a pick on the line, over 50 and a half points. That's the bronze pick. My silver pick where I am 6-3 and three straight up and against the spread and 5-4 and four over under sees the Baltimore Ravens at home playing host to the Cleveland Browns. And okay, fine, I picked an easy one. Fearless forecast, what a shock. The Baltimore Ravens and the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to be fighting it out for the AFC North. Ravens won last week. They're 4-2 against AFC competition. They're 2-0 in the division. They might only be 2-2 at home, but I haven't seen anything that's going to tell me that the Cleveland Browns are going to beat Baltimore in Baltimore. So that's all I'm going to say about this game. I like Baltimore to win the game straight up. On the line, Baltimore favored by 10.5 points over Cleveland. I can't give Baltimore's offense that much credit. Terrence West has struggled now in back-to-back weeks. I know, I have him on a fantasy team. So he's struggled in back-to-back weeks. Cleveland can put up yards, and Cleveland's secondary has been actually not terrible this season. So 10.5 points, can't give their offense that much credit. Cleveland plus 10.5 against the spread. Total in this game is 45.5 points. I'm going to tell you to stay under on it because Baltimore's defense is really good and has been really good really all season. And at home, Baltimore's defense plays a little bit better than they have on average on the season. They're only giving up 16 points per game in their four home games. Cleveland's 0-5 on the road. I don't have to say any more about that. So Baltimore wins the game straight up. I like Cleveland, though, plus 10.5 on the line and under 45.5 points. That is the silver pick. My gold pick where I am a perfect 9-0 straight up, 6-3 against the spread, and 5-4 and on the over-under, sees the San Diego Chargers playing host to the Miami Dolphins. And okay, fine, fair enough, I believe in the Chargers now. Or at the very least, I believe in the Chargers at home against a team that hasn't won on the road yet. The Chargers sit in the basement of a division where every team has scored more points than they've given up. And in a division with Oakland, San Diego has scored the most touchdowns. Chargers are 3-2 and two this season outside of their own division and play a Miami Dolphins team, which again has not won on the road yet this season. They might be 4-4, four and four, and sure they've won three straight games. It's hard not to win three straight games when you have a running back that two straight games went over 200 yards. But in what I expect to be an absolute shootout, I'll take Phillip Rivers and those talented wide receivers who he has turned into stars. I'll take them over the Dolphins' defense any day of the week. San Diego beats Miami 
in San Diego. On the line, Chargers favored by three and a half points at home. It's over a field goal, but it's not too many for me. I really don't think Miami's going to be able to keep pace in this one. So San Diego minus three and a half on the line. Totals 48 and a half points, and it's another one of those where it could be 88, and I'd probably take the over. 48 and a half points. I'm going to tell you to go over on it. It's two not great defenses, although San Diego has been playing better on the defensive side of the football lately. But 48 and a half points, it's not too many for me. I'm going to tell you to take the over in that one. So Miami loses to San Diego. San Diego wins at home. San Diego beats Miami at home in San Diego. Chargers minus three and a half on the line over 48 and a half points. That is the gold pick. And my platinum pick where I am 8-1 and one straight up on the season. Only 3-5-1 against the spread and 4-5 and five over under. We got to get those numbers better, but we're working in the right direction on a couple of them from last week. That sees the Arizona Cardinals playing host to the San Francisco 49ers. Okay, I got to pick some easy ones. Uh, yeah, Arizona's going to win. They're only giving up 11 points per game on average at home in their four home games. San Francisco has not won on the road. San Francisco giving up 43 points per game on the road. I know it's a division matchup, but Arizona is going to walk in this one. I wouldn't be shocked if David Johnson had a 200-yard game. I really wouldn't. So Arizona going to pick up a much-needed win here. They're, I mean, they're only three and four in this division. Sure, it's got them in second place, but they're a full two games now behind the Seahawks at 5-2-1. and one. Arizona needs to win this game, as I expect the Rams are going to win as well, so they're going to need to win to keep the Rams behind them. I don't think they're going to have any trouble doing that, to be honest. Arizona wins this game pretty handily. But not handily enough that they're going to cover 14 points. This is pro football. Come on. I mean, Arizona favored by 14 points, really? It's pro football. I'm sorry. I know. I know games end in blowouts sometimes. That's sports. It happens. But to put them as a 14-point underdog, I'm uh, San Francisco, I mean, I'm sorry. That's just, it's disrespectful to a professional football team. I don't care if they're one and seven. They could be the Browns. The Browns are what? Oh, and a million? The Browns are oh, and nine? You can't, like, 14 points. It's, no, 14 points? Come on. San Francisco plus 14 against the spread. Because, I mean, come on. Total in this game is 48 points. I honestly think it stays under. Uh, maybe that's a stupid play when I just said David Johnson could have three touchdowns. You know what? I'm going to change that on the fly because what the hell? Why not? As long as San Francisco scores something, it should go over 48 points. So I'm changing that one on the fly. So we got Arizona beating San Francisco straight up, obviously. San Francisco plus 14 on the line, obviously. Over 48 points. That is the platinum pick. Whew. Sorry about that, folks. I got a little heated. But 14 points? Seriously? Anyways, let's moving on. No comments from SoundCloud, so we're back to YouTube for the comment of the week from the Week 9 video. And part of me wants to spotlight the the grammar Nazi who tried to uh, change one particular little thing that I said. And if he would have been right, maybe I would have spotlighted him. Fortunately, he was wrong. So sorry, brother, you were incorrect. The comment of the week from the week nine video goes to Holly Gordon. And I'm mentioning her comment for a reason because I kind of want to talk about this just for a second. Holly's comment was, I'm really firmly on board the 1617 Raiders bandwagon. Struggling to pick them against Denver, but they are at home after two road wins. Maybe some momentum gets them over the line. Well, it did get them over the line, the Raiders with a huge win. But what I want to talk about for a second, by the way, thank you very much, Holly, for your comment. You are the comment of the week from the week nine video. What I want to talk about is this idea that the Oakland Raiders are Super Bowl contenders because... No. Are the Raiders going to make the playoffs? Yes, I believe they will. If they don't win the division, which they have a great chance to do, if they don't win the division, they're going to get one of those wildcard spots. It's almost a foregone conclusion at this point. But in terms of winning the Super Bowl, one thing that you can say about virtually every team that has won the Super Bowl in the modern era is that you can't be one-sided and win a Super Bowl. It's very difficult, but through that playoff grind, 
A, it's hard to be inexperienced and win a Super Bowl in terms of like any kind of playoff experience almost whatsoever, especially with your skill players, your real leaders. It's hard to have playoff success if you've never been there before. But let's put that aside for a second because that's all just that that that's coin flips. We all know how good the Oakland Raiders offense is. Everybody knows that. They know how good Carr has been this year. They know how good Crabtree and Amari Cooper have been this year. Latavius Murray starting to light it up. He's playing like the guy that I thought would be a top 50 fantasy player this year. He's starting to do that. Oakland is a good offensive team. They are damn near a dumpster fire on defense. They're not there yet because they're not giving up the number of points like a San Francisco or an Atlanta or Indianapolis or Cleveland, they're not giving up that number of points in order to be considered a dumpster fire. And look, Atlanta's kind of in this same boat as well, although at the very least, Atlanta has shown statistically that they can stop the run. Oakland hasn't really shown that they can stop the pass or stop the run. If you can't stop someone on defense, it's going to be real hard to win in the playoffs. That's all I'll say on it. I'm not a Raiders hater. I'm not. Honestly, I'm not. I think that's a great team. And it actually makes me happy that they're having success because it's been a long time coming for the Oakland Raiders to have this level of success and like a real legitimate shot at not just making the playoffs, but winning the division. And that's good for the Raiders. That's good for football because there's 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 that aura. There's that mystique kind of around the Oakland Raiders as a franchise and the black hole and that fan base, that rabid fan base, like rivaling the Seattles and, and things like that. Like that fan base, it's good for that fan base. And it's good for football as a whole to have an Oakland Raiders team that is good and competitive. But in terms of talking about them being a Super Bowl favorite, no. I'm sorry. Anyway, that's it. That's my rant. Sorry about that. Again, thank you very much, Holly, for the comment. That's going to do it for the Week 10 Picks, the Week 10 episode. Going to get you out of here on my CFL Picks. We are into the quarterfinals in the CFL. It's playoff time. And I'm running hot with my CFL Picks. I am 7-1 and one over the last two weeks with my Picks in the CFL. We've gone from two games under 500 all the way up to four games over. Due in no small part to a Four and O week in week 20, the last week of the CFL season, and we swept the picks and went four and O. So in the quarterfinals in the CFL, we've got Hamilton playing host to Edmonton and BC playing host to Winnipeg. The Western Conference has been the dominant conference in the CFL all season. I don't think that's going to change. I like Edmonton to beat Hamilton in Hamilton in the crossover game, and I like BC at home to beat Winnipeg. Those are the CFL picks. That's it for me, Justin. Bridgewater's Finest on YouTube. Blockbuster underscore guy on Twitter. Week 10 is in the books. Thank you very much. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you enjoy the Week 10 games. And I'll see you again for Week 11. Thank you very much. And uh, make sure you get out there and vote. See you next week.